welcome in. Welcome back to the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. I'm Ryan Ballett. With me again this week, Ben Mandel and Corey Jason. We're going to talk about uh, Week 12, looking ahead Thanksgiving week. So we got a great slate of games this upcoming Thursday, as well as the first ever Black Friday game. And then some good games on Sunday as well. Outsiders of the week, as we do every week, shining the spotlight on those players that aren't necessarily household names, but help their teams out in a big way this past week. Also going to take a look at where I was wrong. Some of the takes that I had, this this segment we'll get to, inspired by Colin Coward, where Colin was right and where he was wrong. We're just going to take a look at where I was wrong here. I'll go into where I was right in the column this week. So Ben and Corey might get to take a victory lap around me, or maybe if they had the same takes, they're in the same boat with me where we were all wrong. So we'll get to that. Uh, before we get into Colt Report Weekly, which if you've seen the news, you understand why I have this jersey on and not just hanging up behind me. Follow us on Twitter at OutsiderSports3. Check out our website. Like I said, I'll have that column up this week as I do every week. Uh, www.outsidersports.net. We have great content there every week. And Colt Report Weekly. Darius Leonard, or Shaq Leonard as he's been known these last couple of years, released earlier today by the Colts. And it's one of those things where... It sucks, but it makes sense. He's not been Burn good this year. Jersey. Burn the jersey. I'm not burning it. What's well, that, that voice in my head? It's, it's, it's funny that, you know, Ryan Ryan said Darius Leonard because I, I do believe we were roommates in college when he bought that as a Darius Leonard jersey, not a Shaquille Leonard jersey. So I, I do find that funny. Why did he change his name? What's, was there a story there or something? It's just Did, did you take it wrong? What was it? It's Darius Shaquille Leonard, I think, but he would always go by Shaq. Gotcha. Like Shaq Leonard. It's like crazy. a Melvin Upton, BJ Upton situation. I guess Reek so. Woolen. Reek Woolen. <laughs> but even like the reason why, like that year, Ben, the reason why I made sure to get a white Leonard jersey was week two, 2018, at the Washington uh, – I can't say that word, I don't think, yet. Well, what's-his-name said it on the broadcast – Uh yeah. yesterday but i believe or that, on sunday night mike Tarico. it was week two of that season playing in washington and he just took that game over that was his welcome to the nfl game dominating performance i remember the the first punch out i believe of his career on jordan reed the tight end pretty much sealing the game for us and i was like i need a white leonard jersey to always remember this so I'll always have that thank you leonard for everything you've done for the colts for the community after getting cut he all, he still did his thanksgiving turkey drive handing out free turkeys some other colts players joining him there but the reality is the staff told him look he's going to be inactive moving forward he's not been good this year pretty much since stop all the way from the depths of hell down there burn the jersey <laughs> no never he the colts not really. Corey's just we mad there's no hot water. Yeah. Cold showers don't make me happy. Corey can't even take a shower down there to get the stink off. You should see the size of the rats here, man. Oh, boy. So where is Shaq going to go? I don't know. A lot of people thought this was leading to him retiring. Where do retiring. you not want to see him go? I don't want to see him go to pretty much the Titans. That's it. He can go anywhere else. I'll be happy. So, so as a Colts fan, like – I, I know, like, as a Giants fan, the Eagles and Cowboys are much more hated than Washington. Is it the Titans, and then you just don't care about Jacksonville and uh, I, Houston? I, I had a theory about this, actually. You could take any fan of any team and then look at their three division rivals. 
There's one that you just have a blood hatred for. There's one that's like. See, no, know, because annoying. it fluctuates between the Cowboys and Eagles for us, whichever no, one is. I right. guess maybe that's it. No, for me, for me, it does. No, I hate them both, but it fluctuates which one I hate more. The NFC is no, like, I, I, I can't stand the Titans. Houston, I don't mind. Typically, we own them. And Jacksonville, I typically feel bad for them. So, like, their newfound success, they could have some runs. But uh, a mutual friend of ours, the Steelers fan, kind of was like, whatever one he hated. Uh, I forget which one, but he kind of was able to, like, the Browns are so bad for so long that it's, like, it's weird to almost see them doing good. See, but that's how we feel. most, Most Pittsburgh fans cannot stand Cleveland, and it's because of the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation. Yeah. You guys see Miles Garrett try to pick up the helmet again on Sunday? Yeah. I've seen the memes with the green goblin mask hanging off from uh, <laughs> No Way Home. <laughs> we have new worlds. To the guy had coward. flashbacks trying yeah. to pick it up, looking for Mason. Yeah, no, but I mean, I originally was going to come on here with, uh, as Corey does with his backgrounds, and then my sunglasses on on a beach in the background coming out of the bye week. But it's a sign. All... It's a sign from the almighty Goodell saying, this is Corey's thing. Don't step on his toes. <laughs> there you go. No, but the Colts, despite this, they should win their upcoming game against Tampa Bay because they are coming back from Germany, had their bye week. Tampa Bay had the unfortunate trip to San Francisco last week, playing a very physical 49ers team. Then they have to travel again to Indianapolis. This game is taking place at home for us. This should be a win for the Colts. Gardner Minshew just needs to calm down. We have an easy schedule. We could <laughs> sneak in, in the playoffs yet. But the AFC is tough. There's a lot of other teams in this wild card hunt, one of them being the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is where I want to start off with where I was wrong. Because I thought year two for Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, they uh, improved their offensive line, blocking in general by adding a guy like Darnell Washington, one of my favorites, a former Georgia player for Ben. I know he wasn't the best tight end down there, but he was still pretty good, and I was looking forward to seeing where he would end up. And then Calvin Austin's receiver I really liked in the previous year draft. He missed all last year with a foot injury. So, And then that bias was almost confirmed in preseason. How many drives this starting unit for Pittsburgh had in the preseason, whether it was against second stringers or not, they just kept scoring touchdowns. They looked poised. They looked ready. They looked prepared. Then the regular season came, and somehow it got worse. Absolutely just hard to watch. Earlier today, the Darius Leonard, Shaq Leonard news wasn't the only news. Matt Canada finally got fired from Pittsburgh, the first coordinator to be fired midseason by the Steelers since like 1941. So My sister lives in Pittsburgh. She said they were having parades down the street. I believe it. Celebrating. Had an effigy just burning of Matt Canada. Champagne was popped, I'm sure, out in the Steel City. But this is where... This is one big take where I was wrong because now it's up to Kenny Pickett. Was it all Matt Canada? Was it half and half or does it not matter who the coordinator is? Is Kenny Pickett just not the guy? So where were you guys coming into the season with the Steelers offense? Because I thought it was going to be a lot better and I, I got to go down with the ship now. I was right there with you, Ryan. I, I did think that they were going to be better. I thought I, I expected more out of Kenny Pickett. And to be honest with you, I think that Matt Canada is actually getting a worse draw than Dorsey out in Buffalo because 
it wasn't Dorsey's fault that Josh Allen was throwing all the interceptions and that everyone was turning the ball over because ultimately that was Buffalo's problem. It wasn't Dorsey's fault that they had 12 men on the field for the field goal, but whatever. I think when it comes to Matt Canada, obviously, yes, he was a problem. He definitely, his play calling was not good. He was not growing. And for, you know, a Steelers organization that just is so good at not only hitting on players, but hitting on coaches. Whenever you start to see regression, and that's what we have been seeing out of Kenny Pickett, it's time. But I think part of that as well, I mean, Kenny Pickett has plenty of weapons around him. He has very good wide receivers. He has two talented running backs. Say what you want about Najee Harris, but he's still talented. Jalen Warren's proving to be a dog. I think, you know, the wide receivers are good. The tight ends are good. Um, you know, you don't even have to throw Washington in that mix. They have good tight ends in Pittsburgh. What's what's the problem? Then? Even with a bad offensive coordinator, Kenny Pickett should still be able to make some things happen. While, yes, he's had some fourth quarters that have been good. I haven't seen enough for me to go into next season with Kenny Pickett as my quarterback if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't check the tapes, but I was really low on the Steelers offense coming into the season. I just, I thought they were going to be a fourth place team. They're proving me wrong there, but that's by other circumstances, not the Steelers, you know, good play. Believe that they have, they're the only team that have won, like, that have that has a winning record with a, uh, with having given up more points than they've scored over the first 10 weeks of the season. They're not a good team. They're going to make the playoffs. They're very possibly going to win their division. It's very possible that they're a bad team who's gotten lucky. I thought their offense wasn't going to be great. I think Jalen Warren should be getting the lion's share of the snaps now at running back. Najee Harris is bad. He's washed. He's talented. He's He's in year three. He's not washed. Running backs have one bad season and they're washed. That's just how that's just how it works, Ben. I don't know what to tell you. That's just, that's how uh, that's how it operates. He needs a change of scenery. I wouldn't be surprised if they look to trade Najee in the offseason. Receivers wise, I mean De- Deontay Johnson, he's good, but he's not an alpha. He's not a number one. Pickens has proven to be more of a locker room issue than an actual like contributor to the team. I just don't see how any coordinator can come into Pittsburgh and fix it. Pickett has as many multi-touchdown games since his rookie year as Tommy DeVito does. He's not good. It's a bad situation. But also benching Pickett isn't going to help you because Mitch Trubisky also is kind of, you know, not good. So it's a lose-lose situation. Canada sucked. You know, Pickett sucked. Moving on from Canada, the smart move should have been done a few weeks ago, but I don't think it's going to get any better for their offense. We'll see if this is an addition by subtraction kind of situation, maybe just getting some uh, some fresh play calling in there from another Josh McDaniels is available. He's an offensive uh, mind. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's one of the offensive minds of all time. Yeah, I'll give you that. Oof, of he's all a time. mind of all yeah. time. Uh, yeah. But it's funny, multi-touchdown passing games, Kenny Pickett and Tommy DeVito tied. 
Kenny Pickett and Anthony Richardson, that jersey behind me, same amount of passing touchdowns since October 1st, and AR hasn't played since the beginning of October. So, yeah, Ben, I'm with you there. I think a quarterback change is going to be needed in the Steel City next year. But one team that certainly found their quarterback is the Houston Texans. Now, you guys know I was a big C.J. Stroud guy coming into the year. But of the four quarterbacks that kind of had the spotlight on them coming into this draft class, Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, I saw their careers kind of starting off four different ways. I thought, all right, Will Levis, he'll be like Carson Wentz, for better or worse, more likely worse. Richardson had the biggest boomer bust potential. And then I thought Stroud could have the most longevity to his career, but that Bryce Young would be the most pro-ready to come in. And I thought the Panthers would be where the Texans are right now, and the Texans would kind of be where the Panthers are. I thought Houston would be four or five games on the year. Carolina would be pushing for their division. Instead, it's been the complete opposite. Bryce Young has struggled a lot. Now, his supporting cast, not very good. When you're throwing old man Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders, not the best. Is Jonathan, does Jonathan Mingo still play football? I don't yeah. know if he ever really started. Yeah, I mean, it seems that way. <laughs> Tank he Dell, he plays football. He, Tank CJ, Dell does. CJ Stroud has, he's starting By the to way, push. The, uh, who has the, the CJ Stroud Tank Dell stack in our Dynasty League? Is That's it Dylan? Not coming. No, it's, John? It's Big Ben right here. The guy that didn't take any running backs? <laughs> That's oof. How is how is he doing? I haven't looked at this. He is in a playoff spot. He's he's he actually has a better record than Corey, who's now five and seven. Well, you Long know what? It's because his running backs ended up being Montgomery and Kamara, so that, that move paid off big time. Well, I mean, Montgomery is now starting to falter a bit. Yeah. Well, I, I offered him a trade of Mixon before I ended up sending Mixon for Jordan Addison, so he had a chance. Anyway, I said Bryce Young would be the most pro-ready. Instead, that turns out to be C.J. Stroud, who's starting to get pushed into the MVP conversation. So this is another situation, maybe Carolina. It's speculated Frank Reich wanted Stroud, and that management kind of stepped in and said, no, we got to take Bryce Young. And now Frank Reich, not even one year in, he might get Nathaniel Hackett. He's, it's believed to be much more on the hot seat than you would expect a coach in the first year of his tenure there to be. I don't get it. Frank Reich's a good coach. Well, he should at the same time, I I do see. Here's why I disagree with that, though, Corey. Because you look at how much different Indianapolis has looked under Shane Steichen, and they have looked better. Now, there's also Carolina. Carolina is brutal right now. Maybe Frank Reich is not a good head coach. Maybe he's just a good offensive mind, and he ran into a couple of lucky seasons in Indianapolis where they had a good roster and no quarterback. But I think, you know, when it when it comes to this, Ryan, I also don't want us to count our chickens before they are hatched when it comes to C.J. Stroud. Because, while yeah, you know what? The last few games he's really opened it up. He only threw one interception through his first eight games. He's thrown four in his last two. So we're starting to see, yeah, the confidence is there. But my biggest knock on him, and everyone's really, was his mind, was his intelligence, was his vision, was his decision-making. Is he starting to just get a little too comfortable, maybe, and he is going to get a little bit more careless because everyone was comparing him to Dak Prescott's rookie year 
where Dak threw, I believe it was 22 touchdowns, four interceptions, something like that. Well, now all of a sudden Stroud is, has thrown more interceptions. And, you know, well, obviously, look, I'm not sitting here trying to say CJ Stroud is not good. I do believe in him. I think he's good. I just don't want everyone to sit here and say, oh, well, he is the next guy just off of four weeks of play. Because ultimately, while, yeah, the first eight weeks or whatever, he was really good. He was a game manager. It wasn't up until really that that shootout against Tampa Bay where C.J. Stroud went out and won a game for his team. So let's not forget, the week before that, he lost to Bryce Young in the lowly Panthers. So let's not count our chickens before they're hatched. Again, I do believe C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback of this bunch, but let's not sit here and act like he is the next generational quarterback of the league just yet. Yeah, he's having a great season, but let's, let's see him put – together a little bit more consistently than three monster weeks i don't think it's any secret that the quarterback i was highest on was anthony richardson and i still think richardson's gonna end up with the best career out of the four i just think what he's shown before he got injured tops what we've seen on a consistency level i think he's somebody that was actually given a chance to go out and win games and wasn't a game manager ryan correct me if i'm wrong they let him actually quarterback that's correct I appreciated that. I hadn't seen that in a couple of years in Indy. I mean, you could always bring back Phillip Rivers. He has a 10th or 11th child to take care of now. He's too busy. I think they just had their 10th. Yeah, whatever it was. I, 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 can't, I can't count that high. But I wasn't very high on Bryce Young. I, I didn't see what everybody else saw. I saw just another typical Alabama quarterback and that's to also say that Tua is atypical because I think Tua is very good well let's not forget outside of Jalen Hurts and you know Tua Alabama quarterbacks were not good and I'm not even giving Alabama credit for Hurts well and that's you could really say it was Lincoln Riley especially considering that Alabama had given up on Hurts considering that they benched him because they thought he wasn't going to be good enough to win he was just a game manager when he was with Bama Mac Jones Tua, Jalen Hurts, they played for Bama. It's very easy, but it's very easy to just think, oh, well, Bama produces quarterbacks. Typically, no. Bama does not have good quarterbacks. Neither does Ohio State, but I think the difference is that for the first time, we're seeing an actual Ohio State quarterback that can quarterback. Trying to bash Justin Fields. You know what? I was going to say Cardell Jones, but I I thought I mean look you can go over any of the Braxton Millers the you know Cardell Jones whatever happened um, to J T Barrett that's the other one I was going to say J T Barrett Dwayne Haskins like there there are a lot of quarterbacks that played for Ohio State but the reason why quarterbacks at Ohio State put up those ridiculous numbers ridiculous is because it's wide receiver team. university they have so many and I mean. It's going to be, you know, the cherry on top with Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, he might be the best wide receiver prospect anybody has ever seen come out of the draft. Like he he could be a top 3 pick. He's he's he will be a wide receiver. He's the wide receiver equivalent of when Saquon came out. Yes, and I think picking a wide receiver in today's game isn't as egregious as picking a running back. If anything, I think it's almost encouraged. No, I think I, I think, think the way with longevity 
Well, especially if you look at what impact uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson had on their offenses and teams, I think yeah. those those guys get redrafted top three in their drafts as well. Tyreek Hill, even though that was a trade, but just what he's done, A.J. Brown, again, Thanks trades, too. but still that wide receiver impact. No, you need a true number one. Like, I truly believe that if the Giants are not in a position to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, you should be at least strongly considering Harrison. So, C.J. Stroud's an anomaly coming out of Ohio State, but I think C.J. Stroud is great. Will Levis, none of us were very high on, and I'm pretty sure he he plays like the equivalent of mayo and coffee. Just not something you really want to see. I'm sure he gets the job done, but I'm not like going out of my way to watch him. You know what I mean? Yeah, the mayo and coffee may give you a caffeine boost, but it, it gets the I job done, but it's not going to be pleasant. Exactly. <laughs> So, and having DeAndre Hopkins is like your taste buds being numb then. Yeah, it's like putting some mayo and some like nice hazelnut coffee or something. Ugh. Doesn't sound good, but like. Well, I just think it's hilarious that DeAndre Hopkins was like, yeah, I'm going to choose to play with the best quarterback I can. And, and go he goes and chooses Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> like, yeah. As a question. But, or the Titans know. paying yeah. DeAndre Hopkins instead of A.J. Brown. Well, screwed up with Traylon Burks, but what I'm getting at is, it is too early to say. But as we stand now, I think there's a hierarchy of quarterbacks between the four, and that is I would put Richardson and Stroud in the same field, based off what we have seen. And then I honestly I would go Levis at number three and Young at four because Levis has at least shown decent flashes here and there. Bryce at least had a great game. (laughs) Bryce Young has shown me less than Josh Rosen did his rookie year, where I think it's tough to move off of him as a number one overall pick. But Bryce Young is that is a low blow, honestly. But like, am I wrong? Has Bryce Young shown you anything at all? Uh, No, you know what he has shown me. He's shown me that he's shown me that he shows up every day. No, he's shown me that he is tough and he is a gamer. He is still going out and competing. It is not for lack of effort for Bryce Young. And to be fair, to be fair, like that. No, but but at the same time, Josh Rosen was just an entitled little bitch. Let's be honest. Yeah, that is. Let's be honest. Very politely. Exactly. Bryce Young isn't taking it for granted the way Josh Rosen just assumed he was. You know, Josh Rosen walked into the NFL, said, I'm the shit, you're going to smell it. And, you know, Bryce Young, who was the number one overall pick, has gone out there and worked. He knows. I'm not not saying that they have the same type of personality, but like what they've shown on the field. That that alone shows me more because that shows me he has the ability to get better. Yeah. Young has the mindset to be able to grow and improve. He's coachable. Low blow saying that he can grow. That's a low blow. Where you pointed out your mind going there. That's that's two for Corey on tonight's show. (laughs) But again, I I just don't think Bryce Young's showing you anything, and it's gonna get a good coach fired. It's gonna I don't even know where the Panthers can go. The Panthers have the worst roster in the NFL, I think. Certainly bottom tier. And they don't they don't have a first round pick. They don't. They trade to the Bears who are gonna screw it up somehow too. Yep. 
the Bears will trade back again. <laughs> they somehow luck into getting the first overall pick again. <laughs> I mean, if you have two top We're sticking picks... with Justin Fields. Go. <laughs> We're going to take Joe Alt, number one overall. Hey, with those two picks, what if they decide, hey, you know what? We're all in on Justin Fields. Let's get Brock Bowers and Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that they would at least take one offensive lineman. So it's going to be Brock Bowers and Joe Alt or uh, the guy from Penn State. I disagree. I think if if Chicago ends up with two top five picks and one of them is number one, they will be taking Caleb Williams and they will be taking, um, I believe, either Brock Bowers or if, uh, you know, they have a high enough pick, Marvin Harrison Jr. They could take the Georgia hat off. One. No. What, what? Brock Bowers isn't going over Marvin Harrison. I'm not saying he's going over him. I'm saying it. To, I'm saying if Marvin Harrison's okay, available, gotcha. they're taking him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. going to take Brock Bowers if Harrison's gone because that's pretty good for them right now yeah but what are young quarterbacks like more than anything secure tight ends you're going to give him two tight end options you're going to give him cole commit you're going to give him brock bowers especially if it's right huh desmond ritter really showed that uh that he loves his tight end desmond ritter doesn't count he's going to get atlanta's taking a quarterback this year too kyle pitts kyle pitts to the colts you know no. you want him. <laughs> Not really. I I really do like our tight end room. I just yeah, see Cox still there? Back. He is. Gigantor is still there. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the last last point here. Uh, Denver, they're good now. Let's ride, Broncos country. After giving up 70 points earlier this year, they have wins over Kansas City and Buffalo. And then another thriller, close one against Minnesota this past week. And those are like their toughest games left. Like, yeah, they have Cleveland, they have Houston, they have the they lost Chargers to the coming Jets. up. Hey, rewind the tape, though, because I said this last week. And I said, you know what? Sean Payton has turned this around. He just needed some time. Russell Wilson isn't going out there and, you know, trying to be Seattle Russell Wilson. He's going out there and being the Russell Wilson that this team needs to win games. And the hammer is back. The hammer. Javante Williams is back. He's been awesome to watch play. I know he didn't have a great game this past week, but is there a more fun running back to watch just absolutely obliterate people? Isaiah Pacheco? I uh, he uh, Pacheco does. He is fun to watch. Right I can't lie about that. Um, I heard Chris Broussard today say, oh. this is, he goes, Pacheco, he he runs like he's on fire. And I mean, literally, he runs like, oh, my God, I'm on fire. <laughs> he did that in college, too, and it was so fun to watch him try to get behind the worst offensive line you would ever see and just get obliterated because he runs so hard. Where like, imagine see, putting, like, your of Rutgers running backs, though, does, does Pacheco's success and what uh, Kyle Manunga is doing right now give him some draft stock? Manunga? Yeah, he's too small. You don't you don't think he's he's gonna get any kind of draft stock whatsoever? I've he's seen small running back. Spawn. Yeah, I, I, like no, he's not that small. But I think he returns to school another year. Well, I don't think he's declaring. No, I just, but like you know, I mean, as a late sixth, seventh rounder, some team will take a flyer on him because he's well, showing. I mean, Pacheco was a seventh, wasn't he? Yeah, but it's different because Manunga is gonna lead the Big Ten in rushing yards. 
That's it, but that's Chet what I mean. Had 300 rushing yards in his college career. When you see though Pacheco and his success, and you see Manunga and his success, do you think maybe Rucker starts turning into a school? RBU? That, hey, well, RBU? maybe not RBU because that's RBU. Be. All right, let's get this back to Denver because I said they were going to be trash <laughs> this year, and they have some really legitimate wins the last. Couple I hope of you months. had some wins. You, you named some pretty big losses right there for you that you were wrong. Oh no, I have some. Check it's all column. coming in the column. Yeah. No, but I, I, you know, with Denver, I think I was the highest on Denver for our pod. I think there wasn't anybody who saw Denver start coming, but they're also, you know, I think I was the only one who said they could be a playoff team. I said Granted, I, I don't think, I'm talking preseason. Yeah, no, yes, preseason, you're the only one. Yeah, preseason, but I'm also pretty sure I picked them uh, for second in the division and I picked them to go nine and eight or something like that. So we'll have to roll the tape on that. Yeah, it wasn't – I did not pick them to win a ton of games. But I think at this point in the AFC, if you're going to make the playoffs in that last wild card, you're going to have to win 10 games. So I'm not sure if Denver is quite a playoff team. I know their schedule kind of works out that way. But I think, you know, it's going to be tough with Houston and Pittsburgh hanging on for dear life. I think – Denver and most people's opinions about them were foreign because of how easy and fun it was to make fun of them. Let Russ cook as he burns down the kitchen. Broncos country. Let's ride. It was just so easy. It was such low hanging fruit to get at them that now people are kind of like, oh yeah, I forgot that they're like a legit football team and not a meme. You know what well, I mean? Offensively, they have weapons, right? Have Russell weapons. Wilson can get – he's showing that he can get the ball downfield. You have Jerry wide Judy's receivers. Alive the last couple weeks. But Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Sutton has been, been great. Awesome. Yeah. Not to mention the fact they have other weapons as well on the offense. They Dude, have three ahead – they have a three-headed monster in the backfield in McLaughlin, Williams, and Samaj P. Ryan. It does actually, Corey. Tell me, it doesn't remind you of the 2007 Giants. It's wind and fire, right? It's wind and fire. I love exactly. Of the, you know, Ward, Brandon Bradshaw. Jacobs, Jacob, Ahmad Bradshaw, Bradshaw, and uh, Ward, right? Derek Ward, first one. Yep. Yeah, so you know they like it, it has a little bit of a semblance of that, and I know the Giants had started. I believe it was 0 and 2 that year, not quite as bad as the Broncos. It does kind of feel like that turnaround and the way that. Yes. Russ's playing is a lot like what we saw from Eli that year. I would love to see the Broncos come and just dominate. I was going to say, come playoff time, be careful if Denver gets in because I wouldn't be surprised if Russ lights it up. Denver could do damage. Absolutely, especially with the way that defense is turned around. Like I said, going from giving up 70 points in a track meet with the Dolphins to, I mean, they've kept – Mahomes and I hope, you don't, pretty much I hope you don't meet Miami in the first round because they're just going to run circles around them again. Yeah. <laughs> the Broncos are like the equivalent of like when you're playing video games, like with your little brother and you start to lose. So you sit up and start to like play a little harder. That's what they did after the Miami game. They realized, oh, wait, it's time to start. They gave everybody in the league a head start, but now Denver's back. They're like, hey, guys, it's October. <laughs> what did we miss? Oh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's move on. Outsiders of the week. Off of just one play alone, I'm going with Josh Sweat. Kind of a forgotten guy in that Philly front. You got Fletcher Cox. You got Hassan Reddick. You got Jalen Carter, maybe defensive rookie of the year, probably. But Josh Sweat, they got to Mahomes, got a sack on the second play of the game, 
didn't really get to him until the very end of the game. Sweat comes in with not a sack, the next best thing. Intentional grounding call put on Mahomes, made any sort of comeback pretty much irrelevant. Very tough, even for Mahomes, especially with those receivers. So, Josh Sweat, I want to give you a shout-out this week. Now that Dunn's not here, I can safely say without any Eagle backlash that the Eagles got away with the pass interference on that last play, too, that should have given KC a fresh set of downs. Got there a little early, a little early for my liking. Look, there there were a few here and there on both sides in that game. Rest Honestly, Corey, and I heard I heard Nick Wright say, I'm not going to do what the Eagles fans did. They could take a page out of my book and not blame the refs. I'll be completely honest with you watching that game. If anyone was going to blame the refs, it would have been the, the Philly fans. I thought that that game was definitely called more in favor of Kansas City. Eagles um, always get the calls. I, I disagree. I thought yesterday, last night, Monday Night Football, I thought that it was... You're, it you're was... forgetting the biggest point, though. I'm a hater. Well, and but that's but that's so like but that's what I mean though. Like y- you could say whatever you want about the officiating, but there were a bunch missed, and I, I don't love that roughing the passer call in the end. Oh, that's textbook. Two like, steps to shove. That is roughing the passer. That's Two a st- big man to stop all that momentum. It, I, I that's like not that a, that's nobody else's problem but his own. That is that's two no. steps that's and then hitting the quarterback. That's everyone's that problem. Is, that's well, our reality. Anyway, to keep this moving along, my outsider of the week, I'm going with Packers wide receiver Jaden Reed. He's had back-to-back good weeks, and I know you say what you want about love. I don't like love. But, you know, for Reed, he's getting involved in the running game and passing game. As the wide receiver, he was able to rush for 46 yards. He received for 46 yards, and he added a touchdown in the Packers' win over the chargers who are somehow still employing brandon staley you know what i'm gonna go with two outsiders of the week first i'm gonna go khalil shakir with the bills for three receptions on four uh targets 115 yards and a touchdown torching the jets but i would be remiss if i didn't bring up mr jersey himself the situation tommy cutlets tommy devito bringing some of that italian flavor to the nfl some nice seasoning, you know, 246 yards, three touchdowns, took nine sacks, six of which have been attributed to himself, a little self-sabotage. But, you know, the last time a giant threw three touchdowns in a game was Daniel Jones in 2019. I was going to say that that was in Washington too, wasn't it? Yeah. Every good thing to us happens against Washington. (laughs) Throughout the whole broadcast, it was the Giants haven't had five turnovers in the game since – Washington in 2020 in Washington. But he was also the first undrafted rookie quarterback to ever have a perfect passer rating. 137.7 is the highest passer rating in any game for a rookie undrafted free agent. Now you say, you know, undrafted free agent, you know, that's not often how many times do they start a game. That includes Kurt Warner and Tony Romo, who are undrafted free agents also. So, like, pretty good company to to have a great game against. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned six of them attributed to himself those sacks he just has to give the other team a chance man if he didn't do that it would have been eight touchdowns i think he's but gonna win about, and never stop winning how about him telling the uh the like broadcast team beforehand that he's got jersey juice and that that's what it is for him and jonathan vilma's sitting there thinking that it's an actual juice he's like <laughs> is it alcohol <laughs> oh boy 
Well, let's look ahead to this upcoming week. I want to highlight the final game on Thanksgiving Thursday, the San Francisco 49ers going into Seattle in prime time. What an environment. This is going to have big implications for that division and the NFC playoffs as a whole. 49ers and Seahawks, it's a modern-day classic rivalry. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I don't think there's been as much hype for a Niners-Seahawks game since Colin Kaepernick was good. Um, Just, I remember when Kaepernick was good, like early 2014, 15, or not maybe not 14, but 15, right around there, 16. Back, back when Russell Wilson and Kaepernick were the two premier mobile quarterbacks of the league. I think that's a great matchup. The one I'm looking ahead to, I've been taking a lot of toilet bowls this year, so why not take another one? Give me two rookie quarterbacks, Will Levis and Bryce Young. Let's see which one's better. Bryce Young was able to get the better of C.J. Stroud. Frank Reich's coaching for his job. And look, you know, you've got Mike Vrabel. I think he's a good coach. I think that Tennessee is a team that is better than they've been playing. And whenever you get slapped like they just did against Jacksonville, a team like Tennessee is going to come out and play hard. Ben, thank you for that incredible leeway. Because I'm picking Jacksonville Texans. Jacksonville coming off of just a shellacking of the Titans, right? Texans, Jags, this is going to be the battle for the division, I think. Winner of this game, I think, more than likely than not, will probably come away with the division. Are the Texans and C.J. Stroud for real? The Jaguars have a phenomenal defense. What can C.J. Stroud do against them? Can Tank Dell keep this role running? And can, you know, on the flip side, does Calvin Ridley remember that he's not allowed to just bet on the games that he can play in them too? Because he played well in week one and then had goose eggs up until last week. So I want to see if Lawrence and Ridley keep that connection going against, you know, the Texans, and if that Texans offense can keep things going against a good defense. I really think this is a really good matchup. Jags favored by a point and a half. Who knows which way this is going to go? I do want to throw out, and this is to Ryan's dismay. I know it. Buffalo wins this week. They're back in the playoff hunt. They're in the playoff hunt now. I don't giants are technically in the playoff. Look, I don't, I, you know, exactly. Eliminated yet. Look, the Eagles are going to be a tough one, but if Buffalo is able to come out, put together a good game and, and get a win against Philadelphia, I think Buffalo is back. They're a playoff team. Yeah. Plenty of good matchups this upcoming week. Again, this late in the season, no teams on by all 32 teams are going to be in action this upcoming week. All right, this is going to do it for today's show. Join us next week. We're going to react to all of that. The three Thursday games, the Black Friday game. We'll be back next week. So, Outsiders, thank you for listening. Tis the season to give thanks. Thank you for all the support. I hope your Thanksgiving is filled with family, food, and most of all, football. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week.